Now this is podcasting presents yeah. lyrical, lyrical time capsule, and we're back uh, after a very very short interlude, a little bathroom break of about twenty five days. Was it? Um, <laughs> Hi. Yeah, Took I was me a while. severely constipated, <laughs> so um, needed a big break. One, so this is going to be jarring for the listener, but that was a little interlude. We got to the end of verse two, and of this um, epic uh, subterranean rock of a song, and uh, we're 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 basically halfway through it. Um, so I don't think we need too much preamble. the The goal is we're going to just the listener's going to go straight through. But anyway, briefly, you know, how you going, Ming? You good? I'm great. Um, it was pretty jarring for me, probably more than the listener. But <laughs> <laughs> you put um, it in a jar. <laughs> <laughs> I, I keep it in a jar by the door. Nice. Um, <clears throat> we'll do that one later, maybe another time. Um, <laughs> well, let me say that the weather is dramatically different from um, the first two verses. Well, I don't know um, what the weather is like because I don't have a weatherman um, and um, I think I need one. I think I need one to know which way the wind blows. Mm, excellent Segway. Excellent um, point. Well, speaking of, uh, that was the end of verse two, one of Bob Dylan's most iconic lines. You don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. We're moving on to verse three, but I just want to go back for a second and just, you know, not not sure how it's going to come out in the edit, but... Last time I spent quite a long time discussing what <laughs> what don't tie no bows means in the fourth to last line of the second verse. It says, walk on your tiptoes, don't tie no bows. And you said, oh, it's probably just don't wear shoes. And I was like, no, no, there must be something about bows. Maybe uh, something about memory and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, in the interim, while I was sitting on the toilet for the last 28 days, <laughs> um, <laughs> I came to the conclusion that Ming... Ming's right. It's about shoes. Um, Just making sure your laces are tied. Yeah, yes, <laughs> po- possibly that. But also, um, you know, either either barefoot, um, yeah. don't, like don't don't wear any shoes, like a like a proper hippie uh, type of person mm. of, of the time, the Woodstock type person. Or I thought, you know, there is a type of shoe back in the day, like a Winkle Picker Chelsea boot type one mm. that that the more alternative type people used to wear that don't have laces. They're just kind of slip-ons. Yeah, boot. Um, so I thought that might be an, that might be a, uh, a reference as well. Like it's a certain, it's a certain fashion choice um, of, mm. of a certain type of person back in the day. Laces are a bit formal, uh, mm. a bit square. Uh, this type of person probably wouldn't wear them. They'd wear slip-ons. Mm. Um, anywho... Um, I think we should crack on, unless you want to talk about slip-ons. <laughs> uh, <laughs> unless you want to slip on that one. Um, no, I'm, I'm okay. Cool. I'm, In which I'm, case... I'm ready. Let's let's do it. Let's get into verse three. All right, verse verse three. Oh, this is yeah, some dense stuff. Oh, my God. So dense. So dense. Like us. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Oh, get sick, get well, hang around an inkwell. Hang bail, hard to tell if anything is going to sell. 
Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes, indeed. Yikes. Okay. <laughs> get sick, get well. Mm. Uh, what uh, what type of person do you reckon might be might be being referred to here? Maybe a drug addict? That was my first thought. Yeah, my as fir- well. that's my instinct. Yeah. It's one of those it's one of those types of uh, words. I, I think I link it with the friend. We had a discussion around friend, like a seemingly innocuous word that, that is kind of loaded mm. when you when you get into the gutter streets and stuff. Mm. It's like a, a seemingly, a, yes, just a seemingly mundane word that we all use in regular life. But in, in, the, in the seedy underworld, it takes on further connotations. Like when, when and I don't know much about um, addiction and things like that, thank God. Um, but I've read enough Irvin Welsh... <laughs> <laughs> train spotting <laughs> to know that when um you know when addicts often when they talk about being sick it's like withdrawals yes yeah craving um, s- craving and with and needing a fix so then they feel like they're sick and so then get well mm-hmm. um means that you've got a fix and you're on the drugs which is mm. kind of it's counter it's counter to the way we would normally see it in terms of drugs but do you mm. think that's yeah that's that's do you think that's, that's where he's going with that's that? my reading too um, and then hang around, hang around an uh, inkwell. Yeah. I mean, visually, I'm, I'm imagining like a fountain pen where you have to um, suck the ink through the nib into the, yeah. into, the, um, into the reservoir and the pen. And maybe the inkwell, like a jar, you know, jar of ink sitting on the desk, maybe that's a little bit like sucking heroin off a spoon Ooh. into a knee, into a syringe. Nice, but I'm I, not sure. No, I like that. I really like that connection. Um, that's the imagery I get. That's per- I reckon that's perfect. Um, and then because I was going with, I was just imagining that he was referencing the kind of beat poets of the time. Um, why not both? Being writers. Yeah. Why not both? Well, now I think that there's both there because there's multiple levels because. Um, mm. You know, yes, the image is there for sure of using a syringe and sucking up, you know, whatever a, a liquid. In the in this case, um, making it ink and connecting it with poetry and words and communication and how, um, you know, lyrics. Hell, you know, we're on a lyric based mm. show, but is this a reference to how lyrics and and poetry can become a sort of substance that that addicts people? Um, that that people get uh, either addicted to making um and they become like addicted to that activity of of mm. being a poet or 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 wanting it from the poet uh you know want hanging mm. around the inkwell being the being like the poet is the dealer who's giving you yeah. the fix of 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 yeah addicted know, to the poetry itself yeah yes yes mm. a sort of uh logo logos uh mm. you're sort of ad- addicted to the to the enlightenment that that a that a poet is supposed to provide, um, mm. there's a. I think the poet is a very very controversial figure throughout history. Um, you know, they, there's always this this saying. It's so it's so cliche to even say it, but the pen is mightier than the sword. Um, mm. Really, this goes back into the day the days of the epic poets, who were able to. Um, you know, satirize someone or, or write a hagiography of, of someone and elevate them forever or, or ruin their <laughs> reputation forever yeah, or, or anything like that. But, but you know, the, yeah, poets, humanity's always had a fraught relationship with them. They have so much power, uh, mm. ironically, because they're such scruffy fellows. <laughs> uh, 
Oh. Whoa. Uh, Speak for thyself, sir. Well, I, you know, I do. I do. <laughs> and, 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 and also, um, you know, I mean, you know, uh, the spoils go to the victors and it is the victors that write or rewrite history, as we know. Yes. Um, and, and choose what gets excluded. But um, what can, you know, depending on the how iron-fisted the 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 winners of wars can be um it can be very hard to silence um the underground conversations and the you know and we're, we're talking subterranean you know things that people say amongst the the folk great um and word of mouth and you know as 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 we as you and I know very well that um spoken word in song and in poetry is a great way to uh, carry things along mimetically, right? So, um, you know, spoken word history, spoken history, word of mouth. Um, yeah. And using using music and rhythm and rhyme is a great way to, to lock that in. So, yes. you know, maybe there's, maybe there's something to be said about uh, the connection between, you know, we're already talking about underground culture and, um, and and the ways that you can undermine the establishment. 100%. I think that's on the money. And I think that the other reference that immediately popped to my mind is like the, the sort of printing press, pamphleteering. Oh, yeah. Um, the underground printing pressing, uh, printing pressing, printing press activities going way back into the into the first days of the Gutenberg press as soon as that thing was invented mm. it started being used for exactly what mm. you're describing is a great mm. leveler um, of uh, and an, a force multiplier because what because you're absolutely right it was very possible very quickly for a minority of people to act in a in a in a in a manner of subterfuge using ink um, to to in the underground to affect mm. their their political ends but yeah i think all of that <laughs> i i don't think it's a stretch to say that all of that what we just described a kind of a yeah. kind of tying together of addiction and heroin and, uh, and and pamphleteering and 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 poetic and uh, poetic uh activities and and subversive activities is all in that line i think he did it all <laughs> ten ten words <laughs> i i have enough respect for dylan to Oof. To, yeah. to oh, believe that it's all in there. Um, yeah. It's weighty enough. <laughs> Ten words. <laughs> all right. Um, how do you feel about the next line? Well, I'll, I'll read it real yeah. quick. So hang bail, hard to tell if anything is going to sell. I mean, the first thing I want to point out is just that this multiplicity of rhyme, the single syllable, mm. well, well, bail, tell, mm. sell. It's great stuff. It does continue, mm. but in those two lines, it's very, very dense. Um. What do you get from this one? Uh, yeah. Um, well, obviously, hard, just to go to the second half there, hard to tell if anything is going to sell. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's we're, we're, we're referencing the drugs again and then also we're referencing selling the selling the case, like selling the story if, if um, you know, if we're going to get away with it. <laughs> if they're going to buy oh, it. And, 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 if, and if it's society or um the judiciary that's going to buy it from the corrupt cop perhaps cool. and also perhaps if the corrupt cop's going to buy it from you know the people engaged in these activities as well so i, I think that i feel like there's multiple levels um hang bail 
Well, yeah, I mean, it depends on which which level you you're thinking. But I, obviously, yeah. that seems to me to be a, a reference to the courts. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. I mean, you know, there's this concept that you can you can be arrested, um, but as long as you've got uh, the the monetary means, you can actually get out of um, jail at least, not prison, but jail. So before mm. you're before you're um, con- uh, before you're uh, sentenced, um, you mm. can actually exist in the underground still. Um, and um, but as long as you're able to post bail, um, interesting. So yeah, hard to tell if anything is going to sell in the drug in the drug um, allegory. I'd say that's a very ironic, <laughs> very ironic uh, statement because dr- mm. you know there's no there's no limit to the amount of drugs you could possibly sell as long as you've there's got the supply. There's always a market. There's always a market, and I think that it, given that that's so ironic. I think that on the level of sort of the propagandistic or poetic um, line, I think that he's, you know, I, I can't help but feel the same thing. And, you know, lately I'm so down, I'm, I'm only just going to bring myself into this, but I'm so down on the whole um, journalistic profession and things like that. Um, the, the the modern pamphleteers, uh, the, this, the, the ones that from all wings of politics that we could call the fake news, let's say, um, they're constantly... Um, getting us to hang around the inkwell and um, and mm. and wait for the next fix, um, the next line, yeah, the next line. And so, mm. um, yeah, so I I feel like um, it's a double ironic line. Like you really can find a, a, a user for your mm. for your line, for your story, for your drug, whatever it is. I think that's a very ironic line. Yeah. Oh, I feel that. Great. <laughs> that's really good. Let's move on. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll just, read... just briefly, it's Go funny, ahead. like because we think we think about the twenty-four hour news cycle as being, you know, very modern and and recent. Mm. But um, I think you know people of our generation might just be able to remember the very end of the multiple newspaper. Oh, this is a bit of a bit of a, a divergence, but um, you know, multiple newspaper printings each day. Yeah, you know, like I, I definitely in my time we had the morning and the evening newspaper. Yeah, you get the late edition of the, the late news, edition. so yeah, the updated the stuff. You know, yeah, but I, I think you know before our generation that was much more common. I mean, some sometimes uh, some publishers have three three editions a day, even. Yeah, bonkers, huh? Mm. I mean, it, it's been it's been taken to a ridiculous degree. Um, I think the news cycle now is whatever. It you know for. Um, uh, Andy Warhol's uh, famous line about 15 minutes of fame. I think that's probably the length of a news cycle at the moment uh, or yeah. getting there is about 15 minutes. Um, whereas, you know, yeah, you're right. There was a time that we forget where where there could have been to up to up to about three newspaper editions a day. Like those presses were running hot and mm. uh, and they would just switch out the front page or switch out a few items. But but mm. essentially they were they were almost like a Twitter feed of the time. Um, mm. And you know, it just fit. It just it just shows us that that insatiable appetite for the addicts hanging around the inkwell is not yeah. new. Ever since this yeah. thing existed, um, and it predates the printing press. Of course, it does because uh, you know there were there were people <laughs> hanging on for uh, you know uh, the the next translation of the Homer epic um, <laughs> way back sort of four four thousand years ago. Um, or even yeah. even just the rumor mill from you know the servants in the in the castle Truth. out the back Truth. door you know indeed anyway anyway no, that was a bit you, of a bit of an no aside. but it's 
I think it's in there. And you know, you say, hang around the inkwell. It's like, it's a big deal. It's a big deal of a line. Like, it's a crazy image. And it's just like, cool. Why are they hanging around the inkwell? Why do they want their fix? Well, let's, let's, let's ask them. Gosh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Robert. Okay. Yeah, Robert. Crikey. Do you want to? Do you want to go? And you need a, a Zimmer frame. Oh. Um, after this. <laughs> yeah, man. Try hard. Get barred. Get back. Ride rail. Get jailed. Jump bail. Join the army if you fail. Firstly, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful um, <laughs> rhythmic rhyming. Assonance and. Um, and, yeah, and perfect rhymes, as they say, um, all over the show. Okay, so try hard, get barred. Who do you think he's talking about? Oh well, I you know once again, is, is this you know are we talking about are we talking about the uh, the people engaged in the in the production and selling of the black market goods, or are we talking about the corrupt? you know detective or policeman um i think i think we're talking about the producers and sellers at this stage mm. um but you know we're, we're talking about uh hard to tell if anything's going to sell so uh, is their story going to uh, is the judge or is the judiciary going to buy their story of you know pleading um try hard well you know you you sell you sell your innocence get barred <laughs> You know, I assume that means nope. <laughs> the court has gone against you. Yep. Um, get back. Well, th- uh, this is this is a phrase in the '60s, and I, I'm you know I'm familiar with it from songs, but I'm not really sure about culturally what it actually means. Oh, I have no. I I didn't know there was any extra meaning to get back. Well, I, I don't think it's purely a, a logistics description okay i think it enlighten me i think it well i i can't (laughs) um (laughs) i i i believe i i have a a, i have some spidey sense that it is um it it has more to do with um mood or like some other state other than just physically taking a step back or you know getting back to basics i think there's there's some other there's some other sort of cultural meaning um contemporary to this time and I'm I'm devoid I'm sorry <laughs> okay okay well so in a way it could be something like bounce back um, be back on on top uh, yeah yeah something like probably that. yeah ride rail uh, I mean yeah. is that getting sent to the jail ha huh. or is that like Oof. maybe and not and once again I need more information yeah uh, for me I get the I get yeah I get the impression of a of a series of rises and falls basically in these two lines mm. uh, obviously um mm. but um but it it seems to be this kind of uh broadly the the image that i get is a sort of journey in the in the vein of the the jack kerouac type of wanderer who's okay. who's who's falling in and out of luck or in and out of favor in society and and also in and out of the city um, the urban environment mm. and maybe mm. and, you know I going think in across and out country is the, is the good reference in and out yes. that's beautiful okay sweet so g- try hard get barred um, yeah I think it could, you know it could be still in the drug realm um, but I also f- I initially what I thought of that was someone actually trying to 
trying to rise high in society uh, in by the normal means ah. and then and then getting barred like getting blocked because there's only so high you can go so then they get back to their kind of um some kind of rural wandering existence having tried to live legit then they and and while they do that they ride rail meaning kind of like um i i feel like like almost like a hobo does um you know jump the train uh like in those movies i don't know if that's a, a com you know a common enough reference but um you know just just illegally jump the train then get jailed as a vagabond <laughs> <laughs> And then instead of hanging bail, where, where the previous one, I think, is is that they paid the bail. This time they jump bail, which yeah. is different, escape, right? I think escape, they, they, they run away. Um, and then finally, <laughs> speaking of the interrelationship between uh, yeah. between the institution, you know, the, the, the rebellion yeah. and the institution, well, hey, if you fail all of that journey, you can always just go and join the army. <laughs> <laughs> Was that... And was that um, was that something where you can uh, like a, a, an option to punitive measures? Like I'm I'm not sure about it at the time. I mean I know you know was conscription happening around now. Maybe oh, I, I think that. it's a bit pre that, isn't it? Yeah, slightly it's pre. I think I'm it's just sure, before. I'm sure if you rocked up in front of a judge with your with your join up with your sign up papers. <laughs> You know, you you've been you you've been charged, and then you you rock up in front of some authority, and they're like, "Look, we've got this rap sheet on you," <laughs> yeah. and you said, "Yeah, but I've just joined up." Yeah. And most judges would be like, oh, "Okay, f fuck off then, <laughs> just, just <laughs> off with you. Go, good on you, son, and give you a salute, kind yeah. of vibe." But I feel so like I, I know it, at different times, um, you know, you've been welcomed when they've needed the cannon <laughs> fodder. And Always. if you have a if you have a dark past, but there's also other times where if you have a dark past, there's no way. Yeah, you know, like no, yeah. we're not we're not taking you lot. Yeah, well, um, I think that that's so, how far you know. Yeah, how far yeah. away? And back to our uh, geopolitics. Um, yeah. How far away are they going to send these <laughs> re reprobates from their shores? If yeah. you if you're sending them to Indochina, hey, you know, rack them up. Yeah, rack them good. up, boys, as many yeah, as possible, yeah. and and as yeah. and as hooked on smack as possible. Who cares? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, not good. Go straight uh, to the source. It, it, true, indeed. Good mm. point. Um, yeah, well, okay. I mean, it's just it's just a really really quick. I mean, look, did you know? As I said before, I've read I've read on the road or tried. I can't remember how far I've gotten through it, but it seems to me that in those two lines. For me, he he does the whole. He does the like whole a story. Well, he does a, a, a at least at least as compelling a story in two lines as on the road. Like I I can't even yeah. remember on the road to be honest. This is this is yeah. gonna out me as uh, basically a functional illiterate because I've tried to read it and I'm just like, <laughs> eh, don't really care about this. Person. Yeah, but don't yeah, care. but you've done Dante's Inferno, so uh, you see that's you know. the stuff that does. The stuff that does interest me, like that's you know, a journey. And there's, journey into there's hell. Dante's Inferno, and then yeah. on the road is kind of like Dante's Inferno yeah. squished into yeah. a pamphlet, and then this is and the, then this all is, of it in two lines. Well, I think so. Like, I think it's like seriously dense. It's literary because I it's see just the like, parallels. How do yeah. you pull this off? How do you yeah. pull this off in just two lines? How do you have the it's balls? Insane. To? It's, it's insane. crazy talent. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> well, let's move on to the next section 
And I don't really have right. a strong preference for how many lines. Yeah, maybe we'll go all the way. Why not? That's lyrical too. As we've said in the yeah. past, we said it about Brian May, but boy, that that harmonica does some heavy lifting in the yeah. In it's basically the hook, isn't it? Yeah. Wonderful stuff. Look out, kid. Go. You're gonna get hit by losers, cheaters, six-time users. Uh, okay. Well, for me, as a as a modern, you know, uh, child of the '80s, let's say, the first thing that comes to my mind is very, very similar to the w- "Welcome to the Jungle" type sentiment. Um, you know, you know where you are. You're in the jungle, baby. You're gonna die. You know that kind of vibe of just like mm. this time. This time, the kid is not like a guilty is not is not focusing on the guilt or the crime of of the kid it's focused on you are you're you're an ingenue you're you're out of your depth you're gonna you're gonna you, you're gonna get hit you you're in this urban environment and this is what's awaiting you losers cheaters six-time users mm. hanging around the theaters six-time users hanging around the theaters yeah, I don't I know what six-time users are. Yeah, is there a is there a reference there to number of charges or you know how many times you can get picked up for a crime or yeah something like that? Yes, yes, but also six-time a, a user is a for me that's another drug reference. Well, yeah, but um, six yeah, times is and six times hyphenated. In, in at yeah. least in these lyrics, which yeah. is, is important, so maybe six time is like like three four time four four time. Maybe it's <laughs> oh, six shit, time. Would, I don't it's know. It's a reference to to musical yes. time signature. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I'm, I feel I feel like six time users is like repeat offender. That's that's the sense I'm getting. That's my initial sense. But yeah, hmm. I I mean I agree with you. Um, I think that. I think that um, I think that the offending surely is 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 just becoming a junkie. Um, so so really, people just got gone basically um, into the into the realm of of uh, yeah. And theaters being a, a cheap a cheap dark um, place where you can you know meet up and do deals, I guess. Yes, I think that those. Theaters of are of a certain kind, yes. Uh, that was very prevalent at the time. Um, mm. Being uh, being um, you know we you know it's difficult for anyone of our generation to even remember, but there was a time when uh, pornography <laughs> was not available at the thumb click of every person at a second. Um, there was a time when it was it was confined to sort of uh, dodgy, downtrodden theaters. And what an interesting use of the word, because in mm. America, um, theater is normally a movie theater, right? It's not really a a theater, a theater like we understand it, but it's still the same word. So there's a poetic mm. connection there. The theater mm. became the movie theater. The movie theater became the pornography theater. 
Um, yes, another another example just by using that word of the downward trajectory, the degraded trajectory of of a of a cultural phenomenon. Well, I think um, I think possibly um, adult entertainment um, of the salacious nature probably happened directly in parallel with other moving picture entertainment environments. I, I'm not entirely sure it was like a um, chronology of one than the other. I kind of feel like as soon as the medium was available, it was utilized straight away. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're right. You're actually right. I think like some of the very, very earliest, um, f uh, whatever they're called, uh, video, no, they weren't called video, what they called like moving pictures were pornographic. Yeah. And it's totally yeah. understandable, let's face yeah. it. Yeah. Um, there's something to be explored there, though. Um, yeah, and I don't know. I think how... also maybe th theater is as uh, a stage for life, a stage for life events, rather than uh, an environment that you go into to watch celluloid being projected onto a screen, like you know, the, the nice. theater of life, the, you know, nice. the stage of life. Yeah, all the world's a stage, etc. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, I like that. That's very. Uh, that's very. For want of a better word, that's very theatrical. Um, but um, hanging around the theatres. So there are very th various theatres in this urban environment where life is mm. happening and these people Activity. are hanging around them. So it's not just the, the possibility of, of actual physical um, institutions or buildings, whatever they're showing. It's actual just different theatres of activity. Yes, I like that. Mm. Theatres of conflict. Um, mm. We often talk about in war, don't we? Um, well, yeah, yes, that, that's going back to the reference of the army. Yeah, yes. I think, I think that no, all that's works. that's deep. That's deep. Um, well, anyway, it's not a nice environment. Um, uh, you know, look out, kid, you're going to get hit. So welcome to the jungle, baby. Uh, mm. Losers, cheaters, six-time users, six users hanging around the theaters. Uh, wonderful rhyming again. Girl by the whirlpools looking for a new fool. What do you get from that? Uh, are we talking... Um, we're talking uh, 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 entrepreneurial, perhaps? Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think so. I mean, look, uh, when I, when I, when I, kind of encapsulate this whole scene in my mind, because we're talking now about a, this kid, this type of kid is earlier on in yeah. the piece. The kid who's arrived in the urban environment is mm. faced with all of these different characters, um, and and because they're on the younger side or the more innocent side, it's not just. Uh, in in the in the hierarchy of of sort of exploitation, they can be taken advantage of by mm. what would normally be considered people on the on the lower rung of victimization, a girl. But mm. this girl is not innocent. She's uh, this girl, whoever she is, she's a temptress. Or maybe she's... maybe rather than not being innocent, not naive. Like they're 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 hardened to the to the necessities of survival. Sure. True. Fine. Absolutely fine. But yes, she's she's one of those hard-nosed variety. Like she's from, the, she's been more, mm. she's been less recently inculcated into the darkness <laughs> of this urban environment. And so she's, re she's ready. And what is a whirlpool? You know, when you hear the word whirlpool, what does that imply oh. to you? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's risky. Um, danger. Yeah. Um, yeah. It'll, 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 it'll drown you. Uh, it'll suck you in, um, and uh, and it'll drown you. And she's standing right by it, uh, and she's looking for a new fool. 
So for me, um, I don't know, there's various images that spring to mind, but very often the, just the first thing that springs to mind is just this, this phenomenon where uh, you read these headlines about guys who get, um, they think that a girl is maybe interested in them and, and the girl lures them into a situation where other people will do something, rob them, mug them, beat them up, whatever, like it happens. For me, when I think of a girl standing next to a whirlpool looking for a new fool, like the whirlpool is like this maelstrom of violence that mm. she's been she's she's been co-opted as a lieutenant to mm. to draw suckers near to so that they can be sucked into it. Um, like a, yeah. like the sirens, sirens Perfect. of the oceans. Yeah. Yes, exactly the sirens. Exactly, she's acting like a siren at that point, precisely. So another mythological reference. And then, um, you know, when I, when I kind of let the images wash over me, I can't help but make the 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 the, the connection with the inkwell um, from the mm. beginning of the verse. The first line. So yeah. suddenly we've we've got another like it started out with this little pool of ink which people are addicted mm. to. By the end of the verse, it's a whirlpool. Um, it's drowning you. Know, you. It's drowning you. Okay, so mm, so it's the same deal, right. the same thing. Like you're you're hanging around the inkwell. You think you're hanging around the inkwell, getting your poetry or your little, you know, um, stimulant fix or whatever. But actually, it's a whirlpool that will suck you in. Mm. And there are various sirens on the rocks around the edges, tempting you. Fantastic. Beautiful. Don't follow leaders. A watch the parking meters. Yeah. So I mean. Who- Who's who are the leaders, and obviously, are we advi- oh, Not obviously, are we advising the kid who's you know um, naive and going to get smashed by all of this um, danger? Um, are we saying don't follow the leaders of this urban environment? I love this line because it's an for me it's another example of just the, dr- the just the drippingly savage irony in his writing. Because on, on the first part of it, he says, don't follow leaders. Great advice. Great advice. And then he ends with this warning, watch the parking meters. <laughs> Which for me is this, is this savage undercutting. Because of what's a parking meter? It's an authority that doesn't even, doesn't even have a human element to it. It's automatic. It has to be mm. fed with coins. And then based mm. on the, the operation of the machine, you have permission to park mm. your automobile in a certain spot for a designated amount of time. If you don't mm. watch it, you're in trouble with the law because a machine counted down your, your, um, your time. So it's a mechanical authority. Um, mm. And so for me, he's, he's savagely undercutting the, um, the, the, the notion of the possibility of rebellion within the urban superstructure. Because as soon as you step into this urban structure where everything is delineated and everything is codified, including, by the way, the pavement where he started, where you know we started the, yeah. the original yeah. first verse, you're in the system. You have to watch the parking meters. You, you can come a cropper. You can come a cropper as a, as a drug dealer, sure. But you can also come a cropper if you don't watch the parking meter. So, but and as soon as you yeah. step inside wow. it, the 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 city environment is protecting you, but it's also oppressing you. So, so anybody claiming to be a rebel within that system is You're still uh, bound. In, in, 
in my opinion, a joke. But as far as this line is concerned, yeah, you're still you're still bound to it to the limitations. You still you're still a cog in the machine. Precisely. Re- regardless of of where you fall amongst the hierarchies, regardless of the activities that you um, you choose to endeavor amongst, regardless of how far outside of it you think you're operating, you are inherently feeding it. Precisely. And and on oh, the and on a more, more deeper level, well, on a more deeper level as well. Sorry, not deeper, but an an, an adjacent level is that it nurtured you, and now yeah. you're trying to now you're attempting to exist outside of it. But <laughs> yeah. but but it but the very mechanism of it means that you're uh, forced to adhere to it, um, mm. and and you know trying to be a rebel against that is just a savage irony, pretty much. I think is what yeah. he's laying out. But it's a another few, example. Futile. There are there are so many, not necessarily futile, just ironic. Uh, and there are so many examples of this um, in in it. You know, like the 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 contrast between being a rebel and and jumping the train and getting jailed and then joining the army, or mm, um, yeah, you know. Uh, what, what was it that or even even the even the icon of the policeman who's yeah. corrupt you right know, in the reverse exactly exactly um i still think the pavement line is significant so being on oh, the yeah, pavement yeah. in the middle of the city yeah. um apart yeah. from just setting the scene it's it's part of that you're on you're in your designated area as a pedestrian it's the area where yeah. you're allowed to be um yeah th- and i'm thinking about the government so this contrast just set yeah. up yes. again and again yes. and again yeah. Okay. What oh, do you reckon? Amazing. That's that's first three. Oof. Man, I yeah, I had um, I had questions about it, and I feel like they sort of answered themselves. <laughs> well, I feel I feel clearer about verse three for yeah, sure. Yeah, because I didn't going in. I didn't uh-huh. going in. Yeah. It's right. it's it's extreme. Just the literary nature of it is what blows yeah. my mind, like the ambition of it, and just these subtle little. But it's so natural and, and organic, right? You know, like I mean, that's that's the most insane part of this. Mm. Is um, <clears throat> I mean, you know, uh, when we looked at um, Freddie Mercury's lyrics, yeah, you know, and as we as we sort of describe outlined them as being perceived by the public as throwaway, and and even having that myth um, fueled. By members of the band themselves, including the writer himself. Um, but you know, upon investigation, it's so obvious that that's not the case. And I mean, this at at no point has Dylan ever said this is just space filler, you know. Nor yeah. would anyone dare say that. But no. in a, in a similar way, there's there's a simplicity and an organic nature to this. It just it seems so natural, like a speech just common like a conversation but there is so much so much metaphor and depth to it it's just yeah yeah it's infuriating (laughs) kind of is it really kind of is because it sounds so awesome you can chuck this song Mm. on and it's two and a half Mm. minutes of of pure Mm. rhythmic joy um with a with a um with a jaunty harmonica uh hook and all that stuff (laughs) And uh, and a frivolous card holding video and all this stuff. It just seems so effortless. And, and then literally he's... throw away. Like he nice. throws away Dude, the lines. Nice. You know? Like nice. Ugh, man. 
It's all tied in. I agree. All I right. agree now. I Shall never, we continue never got on? that. Let's try verse four. Yeah. All right, I'll try and find a good spot to pause. <laughs> Oh, get born, keep warm. Short pants romance. Learn to dance, get dressed, get blessed. Try to be a success. Yeah. So this is, you know, this is this is detailing a a traditional and aspirational life, like, you yeah, know, yes. try and be normal. Yes. Hope hope for normality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think this is... I mean, we talked about Johnny and Maggie, what type of names they are. Uh, you know, they're every, every kid. Yeah. Um, you know, all, all American. American. Yeah, American Pie type uh, names. And this really, for me, this whole verse... Uh, the Sorry, the up until the lookout kid bit um, is all about... Is, that, is exactly what you said, normie life. <laughs> normie life. Traditional in, in, milestones, coming of age... 50s Americana, the American Shall dream. We, uh, I'm going to continue on to the to the chorus. Please her, please him, buy gifts, don't steal, don't lift. 20 years of schooling and they put you on the day shift. Yeah. I, I think I've, I felt like I should play it through because it, it's, sure. all, um, it's all one that reference that you made. Yeah, one vignette basically. Of of a classic, uh, yeah, the classic advice that you'd give. Not not, not advice. This is just a description of of how you expect expectations. Let's say of how life um, should go. And uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna not bury the lead. I think that I don't think this is a bad life <laughs> that is describing. Like um, it's it's tame for sure. But it sure beats winding up as an addict um, in the in an I, urban I, superstructure. Yeah. I personally have no issue with mediocrity. Yeah, me either. <laughs> Age forty-one, I'm just totally fine with boredom. Um, yeah, it's great. It's freaking great, and I think it's such a gift. Um, you know, basically peace. Uh, peace and calm is another way to put it. Peace yeah. and calm, yeah. and just yeah. uh, so I don't, I don't have any objection to this. I'm sure mm. that the, the, you know, if I'd been breaking this down, age 19, I don't know how old Dylan was <laughs> when he wrote this, um, but I would have been like, yeah, yeah, you're right, Dylan. This is bullshit. That's fucking <laughs> suburb, suburban nonsense. You know, suburban whirlpool trap tr sucking well, you into this. Yeah, trajectory. but let's let's see what does he really think about it though here. 20 years of schooling and they put you on the day shift. Yeah. So, you know, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a, um, a shining reward. Okay. I mean, you know. okay. Like I'm, I'm, I definitely think that's a bad calculation, uh, you know, economically <laughs> 20 years of schooling. I mean, you really ought to, okay. So what does that take you to you start school age, um, six or seven. So this is like by 27, you know, you've made it to the day shift. And I know that's supposed to be ironic. Uh, like, oh, ooh, big, big shot. You made it to the day shift. as a But, you know, as opposed to the night shift, that's not too bad. Uh, <laughs> like, like, 
like okay it's in- incredibly mundane but it's not bad like i don't i uh, even if dylan's excoriating it i don't think that's bad at all i, so I yeah, love sleep that, i love sleeping your... at night and working in the day and if i'd reached that if i'd reached the ability to have that stability aged 27 um i would have i think i think that's a success like i wasted 10 years you know 15 years of my life trying to be a musician for fuck's sake like this is good to me to me at the end of it for age 41 i'm like far out this was the way that's, i should have done this that's your that's a summary critique of your life endeavors yeah yeah you think it was a waste yeah total waste oh man <laughs> i I'm being Shit, facetious. We need to. But, uh, oh, really? <laughs> now, now, now you pull but, out the stops. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm being facetious on some Oof. level, but I, I think that <laughs> I don't think that I don't think that this is a bad life. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't think this is a bad okay, life. Sure, and I, uh, sure. And I don't think this is a failure. Like there's an ir- irony there, or try to be a success. It's like, hey, this is not unsuccessful. Reaching 20, 27 and reaching a sort of clerical position in in some sort of manufacturing uh, industry or whatever's going on here is not yeah but a it's bad, not it's not exciting it's not, very rom- it's not very romantic is it no it's not very exciting it's not, but it's um not very look exciting. I, I think it's not very I, courageous i agree yeah i agree with you on on the subjective level um that you know that this what you know and i already said it what's being what's being detailed here as a a reasonably mundane norm core kind of existence. I, I have no problem with that personally, but there, I think the whole point of it is it's missing some kind of aspirational call. Um, and, and, and as you just, um, you know, mentioned, despite your aspirational callings, you feel that they were, um, uh, unnecessary or unwarranted, perhaps a waste, as you said. Um, but I mean, think of all of the, think of all of the gnosis that's gone on for you through that process. You know, yeah, like I think that without getting without getting too psychoanalytical, yeah, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be content with the mundanity. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> had you not experienced yeah, that, that's absolutely true. That's a great summary. Is like I needed to go through all of that. <laughs> stuff yeah. in order to return to norm core existence as you as you <laughs> rightly call it and feel like wow norm core is my jam this is <laughs> this is exactly where i want to be i love boredom i love sleep i love raising children i love having a, a, a modest amount of money in the account i love you know just s- safety and security and boredom i love it i'm i'm addicted to it um and and so yes but you're right if i hadn't gone through if i'd just gone straight through from schooling to a clerical position at, by 27 i would have had a midlife crisis that's what a midlife oh, crisis used a, to be a third life crisis homie mm. <laughs> well p- p- well you're right but, but you know and that's but i don't i don't really think necessarily that i i could be wrong but i don't think there's going to be many people having a midlife crisis anymore because I think that we've oh, we've we've gone so far into the whirlpool now that most people are in a similar position to me. Like they're turning around mid thirties and going, "Shit, I need to get my norm core existence sorted out," and and retreating from the whirlpool. 
Um, and hopefully the inkwell hasn't stained them too much by then. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still definitely <laughs> in the middle of the whirlpool. Hey, each to their own. <laughs> um, but I'm, I definitely retreated from the whirlpool. I'm not saying um, uh, it's where I want to be necessarily. Right. Okay. <laughs> it's just what's happening. Yeah, for um, sure. Okay. So, but you know, what's, yeah, let's, let's go back to, if I may, sure. let's go back to, um, let's go back to Bob's intention here. Yeah. Um, I, well, actually maybe, okay, maybe we should listen to some more and then that will help us reflect. What? Uh, before we do, just yeah, just yeah, yeah. just break a quick breakdown of some of the imagery here because yeah. it's phenomenal. Yeah, let's do it. Get born, keep warm. Okay, it's just dripping with irony, right? Um, you couldn't have a less ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> you could not have a less ambitious, less courageous version of life. Like get well, it's born. It's survival. It's it's um, okay. So basic survival needs. Yes, you're right. But it's expressed it's, in a yeah, deliberately yes. mundane yes manner because get it's not born, get hot. You had nothing to do with it. Keep warm. It's like <laughs> okay, you're really living on the edge here. And um, yeah. and I think I can't help but think of the uh, you know you mentioned Dante earlier, so I I feel like I have an excuse. <laughs> um, the lukewarm, the lukewarm yes. yeah, I was, uh, people yeah, I who are who are uh, the the people who stay on the fence basically. Um, I agree. They're they're called warm. They're just lukewarm. Yeah. They're not. Uh, yeah. They're not cold nor nor hot. Not hot. Yeah. And uh, that's not a good place to be, according to Dante. So mm. I think that. Um, yeah, I think that Bob is also using that as a I agree. as an insult, as a pejorative. Yeah, I agree. Uh, short pants romance. This is like so dripping with irony, you know, and, and insult like. <laughs> Okay, so I'll tell you what I get from this, and then you can maybe maybe t tell me what you think. But short pants for me represents youth, um, yep. innocence, like the time the time of the year, the time of life when you wear short pants as a boy, let's say. And he's saying, "Hey, romance! It's time for romance!" Like, like, oh, you're gonna get the little peck on the cheek behind the bike sheds kind of vibe. It's just so milk toast. Um, yep. so, and it's not romance at all. Like, like yeah. it, when you get to the urban environment and you have these fiery, passionate, and uh, um, you know, tumultuous um, love triangles or love rhombuses or whatever's going on there, um, <laughs> you, you know, then you'll understand what romance is. Uh, you know, this kind of small town Americana kiss behind the behind the uh, behind the bleachers is so milk toast. It's just like, oh, short pants romance. It's just like a cutting insult. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you get the same thing or do you get something different yeah, from no, short pants no, romance? 100%. 100%. <laughs> a little pass the note in class. Exactly. So-and-so likes you. Yeah. Yeah. Milk toast. Go to the, go to the school dance. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, dress up, you know, yes. do all the things, do all the there right things in the right Learn way. Learn to dance, get dressed precisely. You got it. Yeah. So, but again, oh my God, this rapid fire, a, a way that he has of, of taking you through massive tracts of time because all of a sudden learn to dance, get dressed. Hey, we're, we're leaving school already. And, and three yeah. lines ago, we were, we were getting born. <laughs> so get blessed. <laughs> Try to be a success. Get the, get the approval. And, Get yeah. Get, get married. Be, get get married. Yes, get blessed. Get married. Could also be get blessed. Could also be confirmation from a church because yeah. that's very part of part of the suburban Americana experience. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the other thing is get blessed because uh, you get blessed by your your father figure, not f- or by the family. You get, yeah, you get the blessing of your father figure to go and do something. Um, do I have your blessing, the, father? That or kind the of blessing vibe. of the blessing of the prospective bride's father. That could could be it too. So so mm. all of these things tie in because it's just suburban Americana, um, mm. where the, these things just follow one to, from the other on a kind of conveyor belt that mm. obviously to Dylan seems very depressing, but to me seems <laughs> the the essence of success, to be honest with you. Please, <laughs> please her, please him, buy gifts. I mean, you know, come on. Like, I, I get it. It's cutting satire on, on sycophancy. But, you know, we should try to please people. What? But <laughs> but but in not in a not in a way that leads to self abandonment, you know. Cool. You know, that's, that's what important. Dylan's implying. Yeah. Yes. Is, is the, yeah. it's fake. It's all fake. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes, I agree. Buy gifts. So, don't and steal. And very, don't lift. Very <laughs> and very separate, I think, to you know the um, altruism from the heart, which I think is what you're suggesting. You know. Real generosity, real compassion. You know, I think I think he's talking. He's very much talking yeah. about the facade. Yeah. You're yeah. right. You're right. He he is. His language is, and I just you know I just take issue with it. Like being a, <laughs> it's, too, being it's a, two it's two words, two words per statement, or three you know two three words per statement. So it's he's it's it's once again it's throwaway. No 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 no. no. Yeah. I, I know I know. And 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 he's achieving his goal perfectly like he's achieving the dripping sarcasm perfectly and i'm just from my norm core perspective i'm just saying hey (laughs) bob lay back we you know yeah we just need to you know there's nothing wrong with being a pleasant person um but i'm not i'm not disputing bob's perspective which i also shared when i was age 20 this is uh this is like 50 years ago you know yeah you know what 65 yeah sure exactly and it's just like it's every you know it's it's part of this whole deconstruction phenomenon Mm. where it's like Mm. cool so you've got this baby boomer generation who come through after the war and they get handed the the insane level of wealth from the Mm. i don't know which they're called the silent generation and the greatest generation i forget which one it is but the, the, the 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 men went off to war the women entered the factories America, you know, came in at the <laughs> near the tail end of the war, won it, mm. also defeated Japan, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, in the Pacific. But made came all the, back, made all that money from yes, you know, the arms. Yes, made all that money off of off of rebuilding Europe and and the debts that Europe had incurred, Japan too, and it all got transferred into this generation. At least the uh, the white part, let's say, not to put too fine a point on it, as you know, this narrative that we're deconstructing now. <laughs> Um, the soldiers who went off um, got, an, you know, got set up for life, basically, and yeah. then, and then the ones, the ones that survived. Okay, the ones that survived, precisely. Like, and, well, but also, you know, the American, the American toll, it was, yeah. it was significant, but it was nothing on a European nation or a Russian nation. You know what I mean? And they won. Sure. So, <laughs> like, and the war wasn't on the well, land. That, it so. helps. It helps. Yeah, that really helps. If you're going to get all, into all a war, helps. you better bloody win it. Um, but anyway, point being, this generation then comes through. They're called the baby boomer generation, because, and and they exist in this suburban, um, suburban dimension, because mm. that's where the 
new buildings happened. People left the mm. urban decay. You could call it white flight if you want. Um, the, the, but the, was it the new New Deal or what was the? Yes. No, that's is that was that the one or am oh, I no, thinking sorry, of that's, the? That's after the that's Great Depression. Post Depression. Post Depression. Yeah. yeah. But it was a similar. It was a similar transfer of yeah. of, of yeah. wealth from the government and uh, and yeah, um, like you know and then socialist socialist stuff. You know, like America <laughs> loves. Yes, yes, yes. You could call it that. Um, one-off socialism, <laughs> and then slam the door shut on it for everyone else. Yeah. Well, yeah. You, they don't want to run out of everyone else's money, but whatever. Um, <laughs> point being, <laughs> the point being, the baby boomers, yeah, come through in that dimension, and 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 this is what they feel about it. They mm. feel like it's it's boring <laughs> I, they feel like it's 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 milk toast existence devoid of cu- courage or adventure or r- mm. or real romance like he's snidely mm. saying short pants romance mm. um and this is what they feel about it fundamentally and i don't want to i don't want to um come a cropper myself but fundamentally they're completely ungrateful <laughs> for this charmed privileged existence the most privileged existence wow. that's ever that's ever befallen yeah. a generation of yeah. humans and, in such and numbers. And I feel like that I feel like that attitude hasn't for the majority hasn't really shifted. <laughs> no, it has not. It's only it's only fossilized. Um yeah. and because it's fossilized and it's be- and and it's it's actually uh <laughs> it's actually the, the the fossilization of the ingratitude has actually manifested in exactly the mm. the um the precariousness of existence that mm. people were afraid of um mm. now now you know yeah. the new generation of americans really is staring down a, a precarious yeah. situation so they're right mm. to be angry everywhere um, yes but america had a non-precarious situation yeah. it like, like that's what's heartbreaking about america is it had a concept called the american dream and uh and now it's gone most other places never had it. There's never anything mm. like mm. the Indonesian dream or or mm. the Brazilian dream. Like they never had it. Then <laughs> you know what I mean? That just didn't exist. Oh, the Soviet dream. Like it didn't exist. It's all nightmare in most of the planet. Um, well, they, but I think America the had a dream. Would argue that they had a dream. They had a fucking nightmare. <laughs> anyway, topic for another time, maybe. Uh, well, yeah. Well, do all the right things. Do all the right things, and yes. um, and your reward will be for all of your hard efforts and hard work and ed- education. Yeah. Your reward will be you get a nine to five job. Yeah. Yeah. So you get you get to keep contributing to the the continuation of the machine. Yes. Yes, you got it, and that's exactly right. You, it's the machine again. It's the machine but, again. You know, so it's, this, it's, it's it's capitalism. It's autocracy. Yes. You know, yes. this is what this is what they're they're railing against. That's right. So beyond 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 the mundane, beyond mediocre, you know, there's a complaint here that you know you are you become guilty of um, contributing to the machine that we're trying to break down the the life that we're trying to escape from, you know. Yes, um, that's all well and good. And Dylan's smart enough to have set up all these ironies already that that the people in the urban environment who are being rebels against it, they're also (laughs) keeping their eyes on the parking meter kind of thing, or they have to. (laughs) Um, I'd rather keep my eyes on the 
on the on the manufacturing machine that this person in verse four has to keep an eye on, mm. who's actually actively contributing to the to the machine, let's say, but in a positive way. And mm. so, in my opinion, in a positive way, in a constructive way, literally constructive, because they're mm. the implication is they're in a factory and they're building something, they're making something. Um, obviously, Dylan doesn't see it like that. But the, here, here's an irony. Here's an irony that I want to drop in, and and you know, feel free to add anything you want after it but this this attitude that oh we want to escape capitalism we want to escape this machine led to this generation that came through the dylan type boomer generation having no appreciation for that machine and so when the when the opportunity came to um send this manufacturing from verse four overseas and just mm. have it done by uh, Indo-Chinese people. Instead, they jumped at it. They jumped at that mm. chance mm. Um, because they had no inherent appreciation of of what verse four, the beginning of verse four was offering, which was mm. to have, it's better to have the machine. If you're going to have a machine, it's better to have the machine near you. So you work on it and you contribute to it. It's Well, hang on. Not, Hang on, where where is that statement coming from? Is that your subjective opinion? You're talking about yes. um, democratically, like I'm talking about the the vision that, um, for example, I'm I'm imagining that verse four takes place in a small town, sure, and the small town is 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 employed by one or two primary industries, sure, and I'm looking at it from the vantage point of late. 20th century America mm. where all those small towns had the manufacturing ripped out of them and what they now look like and I but who, think but when you you're, you're you're making an argument saying that this is a better way to have done it to you know um, manufacturing and, and maintaining economy would have been to do it in this other economic geopolitical fashion but keep it on sure yes yeah, the reason I'm asking is because it it depends who you are, because obviously it was to the benefit of a number of people, just a lot, a very small <laughs> number of people, you know, as far to as they're concerned. Outsource it. Yeah, as far as that that yes. handful of of elite are concerned, great windfall. Yeah. Yes, you know exactly, and and the prevailing attitude was that it didn't matter if that happened. We could we could look, all just become consumers instead of producers. Look how look how the voting public have behaved during that during the eighties during the seventies eighties and and continuing on to now. You know, at at any point have they, in particular in America, at any point have the people of Detroit? You know, I'm not talking about individual people. I'm talking about the people of you know these small towns that were huge industry centers that have had their heart ripped out of them and have become cultural, economic, intellectual wastelands for the Medicinal. most part. Yeah, right? 100%. Um, these, with very recent changes, obviously, but over the last 40 years, these these kinds of places have continued to vote for members that are not looking out for them people that yes. continue to um milk milk them dry and yeah, abuse I, them i completely you know? agree i completely so, agree 
you but, get but, what you you get what you want. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I, I, I know, I know that, and and I'm not saying I wouldn't have been one of them. Like it was very hard to. Un- <laughs> but no, sorry, I, I want, I want to just say. I know that what you. It, I know it, what it you're was going, extremely yeah. hard to understand what was happening at the time. It mm. seemed like a good deal. Like, mm. sure, what, what, it, what does it matter if we have a factory in our town or not, or well, if it hey, goes if to. I- if if I don't pay five dollars for a t-shirt at Walmart, if I only have to pay three dollars, then that's surely that's better for me. Precisely. Okay. Right. So, so that I know, and I'm not, I know, I'm absolutely not claiming I would have done any better at any time up until mm. very recently because now it's become <laughs> extremely clear what happened. So, I'm mm. using hindsight. Of course, I am. I'm not mm. claiming to be any better than those people, but the, the, it's undeniable now what happened. Mm. And I think my hypothesis and the reason why all of this seemingly tangential <laughs> moment is actually relevant is that I think that songs like this contributed to that attitude that it, it won't matter. It's not mm. something, you know, there's a, there's a, it, it's savagely cutting down the person who behaves the way that verse four is describing. Mm. It's, it's savagely cutting them down as an unadventurous, unimaginative, um, milk toast, norm normy loser who's do you find it yeah and do you find the greatest irony is that this generation became the very quintessence of what they were against it it's yes i start okay elaborate and then i'll see if i can agree because my instinct is to say yes that is ironic but what do you mean exactly well, I, I, you know, I feel like all these these iconic artists of teenage rebellion and um, the underground movements, the you know the anti-establishment movements, they all kind of became the the damn establishment. You know, they are the figureheads, they are the icons, they are they are the touchstone for all cultural industries since. You know, yeah, that's exactly right. And they, they they hold the wealth culturally and financially within the arts industries, you know. Yes, and not just the arts industries. Like this this whole attitude and the baby boomer generation is the one that spawned Silicon Valley as mm. a as a phenomenon. And Silicon mm. Valley and the California Californication <laughs> mm. uh, that we will get onto that song at some point. But that is what rules the world now. So it's not just establishment like, oh, they became an elite in America. No, they no. became an extraordinary global elite of a of a yeah. of a magnitude that has never ever been conceived of, mm. and and this song is is a this song and Dylan and this type of artist the re, the rebellious artist the, the anti-establishment artist that you're describing is definitely a catalyst for what they became, and how one how how. Deconst- how relentlessly deconstructionist they are as a generation. So, so, so it, it all ties in because you know they, they 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 got brought up by the generation who came home from the war. They got handed this extraordinary privilege, and I'm not saying I would have appreciated it any more than they did. I'm not claiming to well, be they better. Had no, think... They had no reference. Precisely, There's no reference. You, I would have you, done... you only know what you grew up in. Yeah. I, and I and I did grow up in privilege too, and I know how much I took it for granted. So I have complete sympathy. Um, but they did take it for granted, and they relentlessly deconstructed it to the point where 
just became meaningless, a source of ridicule, which is what verse four is all about. It's mm, about ridiculing mm. the privilege that they, they were handed. Mm. So, you know, that's, <laughs> it doesn't make the lyrics any less good. It makes the lyrics even more poignant for me. <laughs> even more poignant. Even I mean, more I, poignant. I'm, I, now I'm wanting to talk about like the intertwining between the American and Chinese global financial systems and, All right. and you know, and, you know, cultural, uh, cultural affectations, like, you know, anyway, but that's... Um, I, I, th- what, I feel what, like we've hinted at it, you know. No, but so do you want to you, you want to table that? Maybe we can come back to no, it at the end. No, I I don't because it'll be a whole wormhole. Okay, okay. <laughs> we'll find a song. We've we've spoken we've spoken about it. You know, we, we've we've spoken about the intertwinings and the the cultural exchange and Great. you know what you're talking about the aspirations of that generation and and what it's turned into and I, and I think yeah. Just briefly, I think I think um, China trying to skate between. You know the the Mao Zedong and the and the global financial capitalist game. Deng Xiaoping. You know, yeah, I th- I think trying to ride trying to ride those two sides yeah. of the of the coin, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, a great a great example of you know these are the, these are the logical conclusions of yeah what what happened you know well, from this it. generation kicking up a stink. That's um, which that's, is uh, which is more irony. <laughs> it's more irony. It's got a lot of it's got a lot of currency. Do oh. you want do you want to deal with that at another time? <laughs> <sighs> well, maybe I've just built it up for the time being. Oh, I don't know what built means. Uh, is that the the, if- the Bank of Shanghai? Oh yes, thanks. Thank you, I, but if I but if I start if we start to look into it too much, it might all fall down. Oh, um, okay, that's enough. That's I don't en- get oh, it. gosh. Don't let's get let's it. move on. Let's did move it fall on. down? Did the built fall down? I, th- I don't well, know. All of the con- they they built all those buildings and now they're demolishing them because d- nothing happened. Them. Okay, okay, you okay, know. Okay. It was a What's it was the company a, called a Evergreen Construction Is it Boom. Evergreen? That just one of them. Everglade, that's gone bust. Evergreen, anyway. I think yeah, it might be Evergreen, which is also ironic. <laughs> which is also ironic, very ironic. Yes, indeed, indeed. Okay, good stuff. Hey, Let's... we should write a script for a film called Ironic Man. <laughs> okay, let's continue. Good stuff. Okay, I'll read the. Oh, I'll read. Oh, should I just read all the way through? Yeah. Look out, kid. They keep it all hid. Better jump down a manhole, light yourself a candle. Don't wear sandals. Try to avoid the scandals. Don't want to be a bum? You better chew gum. The pump don't work because the vandals took the handles. Oof. That is so huge. <laughs> That's humongous. It's humongous. Uh, all right. Keep it line by line. Yeah. Look out, kid. They keep it, it all hid. Okay. So, you know, what are, what are we referring to here? What do you get from that? Uh, I think the truth. Yeah. They, 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 keep, they keep the, 
they keep the truth hidden. Yep. You know, access, um, privilege, elitism, uh, access. Access is a, is a good one, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they, I pull, think they pull the wool over your eyes with... They pull the wool over you know, your eyes, yeah. The, the, the mediocre life, you know. Exactly, exactly. He's basically saying that this, this, this scenario that he described in the first half of verse 4 is a, is a total illusion. Mm. Um, it's, ma- it's a masquerade uh, hiding the truth, uh, the reality. The rest of the song is is much more real. He's saying, yeah, um, yeah. You know, you, it's just a it's just a false face for mm. uh, for the to cover up this the grimy reality of urban existence, um, which is the real. Well, like, you know, here's here's the we've just I've just detailed the real for three quarters yeah. of, of this script, you know, and how how turgid it is and how manipulated you'll be and chewed mm-hmm. up and spat out mm-hmm. or. <laughs> you can have this, yeah, but it's bullshit. You got to drink the Kool Aid, you know. Yeah. Like that's that's the trade off. That's the trade off. Um, it's not exciting. It, yeah, it's not exciting, and it's not real. And and you know, here, here's here's the concession that I will make. Um, as a <laughs> as appealing as I as I now find the first half of verse four norm core existence, I find it appealing. Is it? Or was it ever sustainable? Mm, oof, great. Great point. Was it ever a way to run society? Oh, Could it ever dang. have lasted more than a couple of generations? Can that it kind ever? Of, can it ever? Is it even possible yeah. for humans? I mean, this, like that this classic is a great line question. In, but there's the classic line in, in, in The Matrix when, when ne- uh, Agent Smith says, uh, the first version of the Matrix was a paradise. We gave humans everything they wanted. They rejected and a total failure. A total failure. We lost huge crops. Um, <laughs> the suburban existence is is appealing to me now. I, I, you know, I, I not necessarily suburbia um, because it implies the existence of the of the herbs, the the urban mm. area. It feeds mm. off the urban area. Much more. I'm, you know, as you, as the listeners may or may not know, I'm out in a rural area, and uh, that's a very appealing existence. I can tell you. Mm. Um, but still, the norm core existence of of getting blessed, trying to be a success, uh, trying to start a family, and perpetuate this thing, can it last? Mm. That comfortable existence. Let's call it comfortable and be charitable. Bob Bob would yeah. say it's it's. It's non-courageous. It's boring. It's dull. It's milk toast. Com- comfortable let's just, is. Let's just agree is, that it's comfortable. But I, th- I think comfortable encapsulates that. It can encapsulate the negative and positive. Cool. Sure. Exactly. So yeah. can can the comfortable existence exist broadly for large numbers of people for mm. more than, let's say, 50, 60 years? <clears throat> well, I mean, arguably, as we were saying in hindsight, it, it's it's only been possible. Because of the subjugation and abuse of other people around the world, it's been at the expense of others, you know. And my and my riposte to that was is was that aspect of it outsourcing and exploiting poor populations around the world was that part inevitable, or could that have well, yeah, been avoided? Yeah, yeah was could it necessary? Could that have been yeah. avoided and mm. and maintained the manufacturing base? There's a term I've. I think I've coined it. 
and I and I'm not sure. Correct me if I'm wrong or if there's a better term. But there's a term I've coined called vertical uh, vertical solidarity versus horizontal solidarity. Okay, and um, for longtime listeners of this show, this is going to become a theme because it's one of my main concerns. Vertical solidarity. If you imagine various geographic locations, have I ranted about this to you before, Ming? No, I've not not in this term. Okay, but maybe cool. you've uh, maybe you've discussed the themes, but no, hit no, me with I the think, content. I think I've coined it. I think I've coined it, um, uh, but I could be wrong. Vertical. You imagine various pockets of geographic locations, and you imagine say a uh, number of towns or cities. Let's just say uh, they exist. In the vertical in the vertical solidarity model, each geographic location would be aligned to itself. So the town would be for the broad profit of the town itself. And every level within that town would be dedicated to working towards the advancement or at least the preservation of that town itself. So for example, you would have various strata of the town all the way from the very bottom to the very very top they would all be solid they would all have solidarity with each other in the sense that they agree that our town is good and we need to work together to preserve this town or advance it let's say so so an example of that would be that a, a top level type person owns a factory then various people down further down the strata and further up the strata work together to make sure that that factory prospers and and therefore the town prospers in a horizontal in a horizontal solidarity model the various tiny little strata of that town wouldn't be in solidarity with their own town they would be in solidarity with their equivalents their their co-strata in other of their demographic locations of their demographic in other geographic right. locations. They would be encouraged Workers to have... unite. Precisely. You nailed it. However, that's the communist... Um, that's the communist doctrine. Workers unite. All you have to lose is your chains. And my, my reason for bringing up the notion of horizontal versus vertical solidarity is that my notion now is that they didn't start it. The top-level people started it by allying with each other across geographical locations instead of having solidarity with the people below them in their own geographical location. Are you, are you saying that currently uh, global economics exists with the top 1% elite being allied together? Is, is yes, that like but, th that's your your snapshot of yes, the state of things. Yes, but that started a long, long, long time ago. Sure, sure. But so, I, can I? I want to ask about this. Um, so, vertical thing. So, uh, are you saying here? Here is how. Here is how a town exists currently. There is hierarchy, which maybe I could frame it as um, inequality. Yes, of, but solidarity. of wealth. In a, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, to me, that sounds kind of like, hey, we the plebs um, swear allegiance to supporting <laughs> the privileged inherited wealth guy who owns us. That, yeah, I mean that. There's, I mean, I, I, I can see a utopian, yeah, lens. I can see it through a utopian lens, but I mean, 
Okay, this this it all relies on the predication. No, just pause for a second. I'm not. I'm. It's it's a way of viewing a a spectrum of existence. Is is a is a is a group more vertically aligned? Do they have more? Do they lean more towards vertical solidarity, or do they lean more towards horizontal solidarity? I'm not proposing either of them as superior to the other. Oh, okay. They they're just. It's a you're, you're just making an observation. An observation, oh, yeah, and it's a, and it's I a... and I believe that that we as a as a now globalized society have moved far too far into the realm of horizontal solidarity, rather than vertical solidarity, and that mm. and that if the needle had been able to stay in it, yes, in a utopian manner, but it had been able to stay in a it leaning slightly more towards the vertical solidarity model, I think that potentially that decision to outsource manufacturing to the to the poorer mm. countries would have been a lot harder to take because people mm. would have looked at it and said, no, we can't do that. We, we can't move the factory out of here. Like it or not, my town has a, a, an entire section of right. it, which right. is okay. more more leaning, which more... Uh, has a more affinity yeah. with the the manual labor and the and the the grinding mm. and working getting greasy and working on a machine if i remove the factory from this place that person doesn't go away they yeah. just are now unemployed and i'm finding this extremely problematic tell um, me why tell me why well because i i think you're what you what you just said just now is like a celebration of the working class you know ah well it's four generations of covered in grease and you know laboring 20 hours a day under the yoke you know um and uh, and i think if okay, those just... persons were given the opportunity to have a different lifestyle to have a different um uh, connection to the working day to labor to to capital to investment options in education like would 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 what would that person look like you know um yeah. if they weren't essentially enslaved out of necessity to a, a particular limited range of vocationary opportunity okay just hang on a second when <laughs> when i say the word if i said the word solidarity is that the kind of word that would imply that I want to enslave someone and never let them have vertical mobility, uh, anything like that, or, or change their life over the course of generations or, or even their own lifetime? Like, okay, yes, okay. I'm talking utopian, but I'm not, again, I'm not positing it as, as we should have one extreme or the other. I just think it's no, gone no, 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 far no. too far yeah, okay. to the horizontal I'm, yeah, I, I, one, one extreme I or problems, the other. I, yeah. I see problems with both, right? But you're and right. You're right. And I'm not saying one is better than the other. No, I just think yeah, that the, I know ne- that. Needle, the needle has gone completely to the horizontal solidarity. Mm. Like, And it's only when you get into very, very small towns that you even feel that concept of vertical solidarity. Here's, here's where I think it comes unstuck. And, and, this, and this is, I think this applies to all previous documented forms of human social organization, mm-hmm. right? Ever, anywhere, ever. There is, there is a sense of selfishness and greediness 
that rears its head given a given any group any number any size of grouping of people you have the whole when you have a collective of human beings you have a full spectrum of um attitudes and balance between selfishness and altruism and inherently there is inequality um of power of of um agency and someone with more agency and more power who leans selfish or may inherently be selfish because of that privilege of power and agency will take advantage of other people that don't have that so the where where whether it's whether it's soviet russia which despite you know whatever the whatever the marxist and and trotskyist you know protestations and declarations of intent selfish motherfuckers abuse the opportunity and destroy other people along the way right where if it's if it's communist china as a very different to the soviet model but not that different to the soviet model it 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 abuses the power people individuals abuse power whether it's in the micro level or the macro level um, when it comes to the last 200 years of America, people abuse the power. People abuse and spit out other people. I, 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 I just see it as an inherent to humanity. I don't, I don't think it matters how you organize it. I don't think it matters how we, if we collectivize vertically or we collectivize horizontally, some motherfucker will fucking take it too far. <laughs> I don't. I don't like the word collectivize. <laughs> um, but sorry. But I, I mean. But I'm not. You know. Organize, apart from that. Yeah. Apart from that, I'm not disagreeing with you. Organize either. I don't like that. The the word is solidarity, and so sure. in in the the word uh, the word in my new coining is solidarity, and and so the point <laughs> and just to, just to put a pin in this. Or, or maybe it's a discussion for later. I'm not sure. Or but, pull the okay, pin. <laughs> take the two. <laughs> to, I'll fall on another grenade. Um, take the take the two possibilities of uh, the temptation to exploit. Let's say, is the temptation to exploit greater when the when you, the the workers that you're exploiting are uh, five thousand miles away, uh, existing in a place with with totally different laws to yours and totally different culture. Uh, and you never have to see them ever face to face, or is it more in the in the space where you have to rub shoulders with these people, go to the same football game, bump into them in the supermarket, walk, ride on the same roads as them, ride on the same trains as them? In which of those scenarios is the temptation to exploit likely to be greater? I'm I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say it's the same. <laughs> I'm gonna say it's exactly the same. For that, for that, for that person or that that small group of elites, I don't think it makes a difference. I don't think it makes one iota of difference. I think I think they will happily, you know, we're talking about you know the facades. They will happily walk around town, knowing that they own that shit, and and probably more likely they don't. It doesn't even occur to them on that level. I think that's probably more likely. All right, you might be. They right. They never think about it. You might be right. Um, so in that in that case, the the distinction of vertical versus horizontal solidarity literally has no weight or bearing for you. No, I'm I no. Like it wouldn't I don't make think any difference. Case. 
I, I think... Morally. Look, I, I know... Well, I think that it depends on the individuals, right? And, and I think inherently people that uh, 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 inherit or born into or chance upon, you know, um, the privilege... By and large, if they occupy that position in society, they tend to um, reinforce it. It tends to get reinforced for them and their and their kin or their their um, peers. You know, um, I I think I think there will I think there will always in any group of people there will always be some that lean that way and some that go towards you know other directions. Um, I do know I am aware, obviously, of. Um, businesses in america large businesses multi you know national businesses maybe not multinational but national businesses in america that operate under profit sharing where the lowest of the low worker gets a cut if the if the business does well they get an extra payout you know they're not just their minimum you know which the minimum wage in america for very developed very wealthy countries still i think pretty dismal by all accounts <laughs> Um, somewhat improved recently, but still pretty bad. And the fact that your medical care is tied to your employment is like <laughs> people that need the most medical care are probably people that aren't working. So, um, you know, all all of these things seem to be backwards, but all of them seem to feed into the the, the existing abuse of the of the general populace. But I am aware of organisations that return profits and return money to the individual worker and support them and uh, create a sense of um, vertically aligned um, solidarity. You know, they, they do exist. I'm aware of them. But I think they, okay. you know, they tend to be on the rarer side. Okay. But it's, it's, uh, it's a massive digression. But still, that, <laughs> what you just described, what you just described is like a perfect example of it. Like that just wouldn't happen with the worker 5,000 miles away. There's not a chance of it. As rare as, rare as it is in the, in the local or vertical, <laughs> in, the, in the local level, the national level, as you called it, as rare as it is there, it's, it's far more rare, uh, totally inconceivable in the multinational level. I would agree. Level. Well, not, not inconceivable. I think, yes, more rare. Yeah. Um, I have also, and I can't give you an example. I can't name any, any businesses, but I, I am aware. Oh, okay. Actually, let's say with the coffee industry, coffee, um, green bean industry is a, actually a pretty decent example um, where, you know, fair trade, organize, organization fair trade came in and tried to set, you know, bottom line prices, to in, in the endeavor to ensure that the actual grower, like the the most abused, the you know the least um, economically rewarded person in the supply chain, um, trying to establish a bare minimum of um, compensation, right? And what's happened as a result of that is there's so many links in the chain where people tack on the fair trade overhead yeah. Yeah. that it it it. It just means the prices went up, but the end guy is still getting boned. <laughs> yeah. Still getting boned. Totally. But what's happened is small micro roasters in places, especially Australia, have been able to circumvent that altogether and have created direct communication ties with the growers and have been able to set the bar far higher than the fair trade attempt at getting a minimum and circumvent 
all the little links in the chain as well. Instead of there being 100 links in the supply chain, now there's maybe 10 or 6 or less, maybe even just one. So um, I think that's an example of how, um, you know, people at one end have been able to support people at the other end internationally. But yeah, right. it's not it's not that common. <laughs> no, but it Booyah! Shows, it shows it. Yeah, sure. I can I can see that. I can see that that it, that it can happen. Um, okay, sure. Um, well, <laughs> I, it's a you've what, what you've done is pose something really interesting to me, and I, I have to think about it more. No, no, no. Yeah, and and but you 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 posed some equally interesting uh, refutations of it, so I appreciate that. Um, I'm not trying to. No, no, no. I, it's all in the spirit of, of learning. I love it. I love it because I've told hey, very um, few people about that vertical horizontal. I, I like it. I like it. Um, I like but, it to think know, about But, you know, so, so to, to, to hear an immediate, like, pretty solid refutation is, like, super useful. Um, let, let, let's, let's deal with how are you doing? How are you going with time? Well, I'm, I'm good. I'm worried about you. Yeah, I'll, uh, I reckon we can polish this off. I reckon we can. Let's polish. Let's polish this turd off. <laughs> this epic turd. Oh my god! This is a twenty-eight day turd for sure. Okay. Well, that was that was. Um, look out, kid! They keep it all hid. That was that line. Sorry. How many words? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven. Seven lines. Seven words. Eight. Eight. And we discussed eight words. it. Eight words, and we discussed it for about twenty-five oh minutes. My. Oh my so, god! You know, are you guys are you guys enjoying this uh, type of show <laughs> out there in, in internet land? You enjoying the way we we explode songs? Oh dear. Okay. Well, let's get into the 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 meat of it. It's lucky we don't even talk about the music. Oof. <laughs> Precisely. Gosh. I'd have nothing to say. It's good. Um, better jump down a manhole. Light yourself a candle. So once you've retreated from this impossible, you know, and, and undesirable milk toast existence that they keep hid or they, they, they you know, they keep, it, it hides reality or they even don't let you have access to it anyway. I think that was what See, you were implying by the yeah. access is hidden, which yeah. is great. Definitely valid. In that case, where do you go? Go to the underground. Go to, yes. go to what's covered up. The subterranean. The subterranean. Go jump down a manhole, but what I love get about the, this get in get in the filth. What um, what does a manhole imply? It's a sewer. It's a sewer. Yes, it could well be a sewer. It can also be other pipes and stuff. But to me, what it implies is again the uh, the urban superstructure. Like you can't have a manhole without a massive amount of construction. <laughs> so in order to mm. even have an underground. You have mm. to have built a city. <laughs> and it has ground, to exist, yeah. and you have to have um, what's the word? Uh, is it just infrastructure? Yeah, sure, infrastructure, sewage, gas, electricity, all of these things that a run lot underground. Of, a lot of people's shit. A lot of people's shit. You need shit, a lot of people's sure. shit coming down. Yes, the stuff that makes it all work. <laughs> the stuff that makes it all work t brings in the good stuff. The water brings out the bad stuff. The sewage, it's all mm. underground. Mm. So again, the place where you're escaping to this allegedly subterranean oasis—not oh, oasis—he's he's called it hell. <laughs> he's called it hell already, but it's your only alternative—is to escape into the foundations. I'm going to use mm. that word very pointedly: mm. the foundations nice. of the civilization itself, mm. which don't exist unless you've already built the civilization. 
who's going to build the civilization if you all escape <laughs> underground yeah. in a manhole and light yeah. a candle, not a torch, not an electrical item. You're abandoning, you're abandoning mm. all um, trappings of, of the civilization mm. that has built this uh, infrastructure. Anything to add to that line? No, that's great. I, I also think of canaries in mines and gas Definitely. and flames and danger yes. and that all that I get all that imagery in my head. I I uh, totally agree. Here's totally and one agree. for the Germans. Here's one for the Germans. Don't wear sandals. Try to avoid the scandals. Oh that's crikey! Where did the Germans come into it? Silly, the sandals. <laughs> oh, because um, the tourists wear wear sandals. Brilliant. Who else wears sandals? It, sort hippies? of in imagery. Yes, hippies, but I, I don't know. I think of like... But we're a bit pre-hippie here, aren't we're, we, really? We're, well, we're getting into that territory. We're just, me, just beginning. For me, when I think of sandals as a footwear, I immediately think of kind of the desert. I think of I think of prophets. I think of Ye, Ye olde Yeshua, you know, and his disciples. They probably rocked sandals. Um, he for shows me, up in a lot of these songs, doesn't he? Yeah, but I, I, I think that sandals to me is again an excoriation of leaders, prophets, that kind of thing. Don't become right. a, don't become one of those kind of like uh, wandering, mm. uh, kind of like preachers type persons. Well, yeah, uh, don't follow the leaders and um, don't what follow about them children? either. What about children? Children Little wear kids. sandals too. Yeah, that's they wear true. Sandals. Yeah. Uh, try to avoid the scandals. I mean, it's it's a great rhyme. Uh, what scandals is he talking about? Are we just staying out of trouble? Yeah, basically. Or is there is there is there something in the media, something specific in the press? Yeah, don't know. Don't try know to avoid the, the scandals. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't have anything strong for scandals. Uh, mm. When when when's Nixon is seventies, right? Yeah. Nixon's coming JF, a lot JFK later. Is just, JFK has shot in 64, yeah. Oh, has JFK been shot already in this song? I think so. Far out. 64, uh, maybe. Okay. 63, jeez. 63? And when did this song come out? 63, 65. Okay, interesting. Well, post-JFK, well, that's a hell, yeah. of a, a hell of a moment in history. Yeah. Um. Well... Plenty of scandals around in the 60s. Mm, Take your pick. Mm, <laughs> mm. Uh, and and yeah. obviously, obviously, you know, you want to avoid reading about them, but you also want to avoid getting embroiled in one. Um, <laughs> being, being, being a member of. <laughs> being a member of one, um, especially if you're going to carry out an illicit underground um, mm. activity like, uh, you know, like revolution or, or, or subterfuge. You don't want to mm. you don't want to be publicly known, basically. So, and of course, he's already you know, he's already referenced the corruption of authority yeah. figures and things. Yeah, yeah. So basically, keep keep your nose clean again. He's back to that kind of vibe. Mm, mm. Uh, I think but, maybe, but go, keeping your go. nose clean within the underground. Yes. Yeah. True. Right. As opposed to keeping your nose clean in what he's just detailed. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. That's true. There's two different two different moralities. Mm. <laughs> mm. Don't want to be a bum? You better chew gum. I think that's my favorite line of the song. <laughs> I love this line. <laughs> what do you All get right, from hit it? Me. Uh, no, you hit me. 
Well, okay. So for me, this is uh, this represents marketing uh, of the time, I reckon, and uh, and I reckon it would have been in its not its heyday, but it, you know, w with within the the twentieth century journey of of the advent of marketing as a as a phenomenon, I think this this probably sits right in the intersection, right in the middle of its of its rise. Basically, mm. so don't want to be a bum. You better chew gum. Is sounds mm. like advertising speak to me. Yeah, yeah. Ironic advertising speak. Um, and and so for me, it's like uh, he's he's being ironic because fundamentally he's saying uh, you do want to be a bum. <laughs> mm. Being a bum yeah. is better. Being a bum is better than 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 conforming to this society. And mm. so obviously the 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 solution that marketing came up with. It, it don't want to be a bum. They didn't say um, exercise, uh, you know, um, <laughs> read, read, get educated, uh, eat get good educated. food, yeah. be a generous and warm-hearted person, individual. Mm. No, they said mm. chew gum, no. which is... The solution. The yeah, the solution, <laughs> which is the most vapid, nutritionless... Um, yeah, it's empty, yeah. Empty. Empty calories, yeah. not even calories. There's nothing in it. Yeah, it's just bad for your teeth. I mean, okay, some people say, "Oh, sugar-free gum, you can clean your teeth." I think that's <laughs> fundamentally bullshit. Um, but but whatever. I'm sure they weren't saying that at the time. I'm sure gum was very very sugary back then. Very bad for you. And and or at best, empty. No good at no good at all. Just empty. Just a, just a complete. What's the word for it? When when you. Uh, like a like a I want to say MacGuffin, but that's a silly thing from a movie. Like something that literally does nothing. Like you're ruminating like a cow. Yeah. But not getting any nutrition from it. Um, you're just literally using energy for no purpose. <laughs> and and it's so something something like um the phenomenon where where the cigarette industry was able to tie smoking to feminism. Do you, you you know that story? Yes. Yeah. Uh, where they were able to tell tell to women women to go out and in New York, I think it was actually funnily enough, where they were like holding up a cigarette like it was a torch of independence, and that yeah. was all a confection. That's the word I'm looking for. It's a confection. Yes. Literally nice. confectionery, which is meaningless and and at best meaningless and at best empty or at, or at worst literally harmful. That's yeah. what chew gum is all about yeah yeah so another savage irony of the system you know hey you don't want to be a bum you better chew gum like uh mm. just um you know a, 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 an excoriation of the marketing uh type of solutions mm. that are offered by this yes capitalist society mm. Mm. Um, with its marketing wing which is the worst yeah. part of it <laughs> i like it i like this this is good mm. Uh, anything to add to that line? No, I know I, I I love that. That works. And then for me. the la and then the last line he he goes out with a Oof. humdinger, an absolute Oof. humdinger. The right pump the don't end, work because <laughs> the vandals took the handles. What did you say? Sorry, I cut you off. No, no, I just said right at the end. Oh yeah, right at the end. He he nails it at the end. The pump don't work because the vandals took the handles. What do you get from that? <laughs> it's a breakdown of the system. And uh, yeah. you know, in in spite of in spite of trying to escape and not be part of the machine, yeah. well, you you can't even you can't even rely upon you know the basic necessities for you of the infrastructure because someone someone inhabiting the underground 
has ripped ripped it off. Yeah. So, you know, once once again, it's just like the the full irony of trying to escape the machine inherently being part of feeding yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, and then when you, as the rebel, try to fill you, fill your car with gas so you can make a getaway, uh-huh. it, the shit's been stolen. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So when you hear pump, you think gas, oh, gasoline I think, pump, I think, petrol. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. For me, for some reason, I'm back to water. Or, or water. Sure. Water pump. Yeah. Sure. Um, sure. And the, but the reason I go there. Is is because um, is because of how how can I get how can I do this in a roundabout way without getting into the weeds? <laughs> do you, the very first machine in the the very first machine ever that kicked off the industrial revolution uh, was called the mach, was called the engine for raising fire by water, and it was built down in, in Cornwall where my dad was born. Whoa! It was a it was a um, it was a machine that pumped water out of mines. And um, wow. it was the very first ever internal combustion engine. So it was a pump, wow. what we would know nowadays as a pump. <laughs> and, it, and it was the first internal combustion engine. It drew water out of the mines. And because it mm. drew water out of the mines, miners could get further down into the water table mm. and mine better. Anyway, point being that the pump for me is a loaded word which sits right in the center of our civilization our our mechanical industrial civilization it was the mm. very first internal combustion engine it kicked off everything about how we exist nowadays um up until whatever industrial revolution is about to happen the fourth industrial revolution let's say um but so so the pump don't work for me encapsulates civilization and you're absolutely right the vandals you know, you're you're trying to exist. Oh. In the, you're trying to you're trying to exist outside of the machine. Yeah. And, but they but it's been vandalized, and so yes. <laughs> it doesn't even work. So your very existence is is precarious. Yeah. Even when you try to step out of it and exist uh, in the uh, underneath the urban superstructure. Hmm. However, <laughs> there's another layer to it. Clever old Bob. <laughs> Why did he? In my opinion, the vandals word is loaded. Um. Because what did the vandals do in history? The vandals, oh, I, people. I can't remember. Yeah, no, tell please. Well, they please sacked tell. Rome. They're the people who yeah. sacked Rome. The, the vandals right. is an Thanks. amazingly loaded term because we, 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 you know, it's a brilliant word for an insult for a kind of street thug or whatever. Because it's basically saying, you know, they're the people who came. They came from the kind of Poland area <laughs> and they raided down <laughs> sort of Germanic, Germanic tribes. And they spread across Europe, and eventually they sacked Rome. They destroyed it. That's right. Uh, and and then we get the word vandal in our society. Oh, oh, you're just a vandal. Oh, oh, you've 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 um, vandalized. You've graffitied my uh, whatever my side of my building. You're like a vandal. You're sacking Rome. It's a wonderfully poetic label to mm. put on someone. And so mm. for me, the pump being the very first machine, the the one that kicked it all off, this this civilization to even have an urban superstructure required this, and um and the vandals are back, <laughs> they're 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 in the underground and they've taken off the handles of the pump, um and so they're back, they never left us, they're they're back and they're sacking Rome, Rome now being the being the industrial superstructure of of our society, wonderful the, stuff. The the city. The city. Society. Exactly. Yeah. The society. Yes, yeah. exactly. 
Yes, wonderful stuff. If he meant even a quarter of that, um, he has gone up in my estimation even higher. <laughs> but I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past him. I really no, wouldn't I, put it past I, him. I think, I think all of that's on the money, you know, yeah. and because the, the proof's in the pudding. Yeah. You know, it's so, so clearly stated throughout the whole piece. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just want to, I just want to point out, um, Go. obviously no one else can see this. <laughs> but um, this is a this is a page from this um, collection of Bob Dylan uh, writings and drawings. Uh huh. Nineteen seventy four, I think, it was published. But um, but what what this page is, which is two hundred and sixty seven, is smack bang in the middle of the um, transcription of Subterranean Homesick Blues. Is that it looks like it's straight off the typewriter uh-huh. with corrections and and you know crossed out bits and um coffee or possibly wine wine glass stain as well and it's just uh-huh. and some hand there's a little handwritten note on there too so they and printed I, I the, the the they yeah. printed the 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 stain a photo of the stat oh it's amazing a photo cool. stat of the yes i see it it's very cool yeah yeah i've forgotten i mean i always know i had this book but I, you know it's kind of wild about it going into this song. wild silly your, your, your library came your library came good, really, really came to the party. Yeah. Um. Well, that's that's it. We we got through it. It's <laughs> we got through the bedrock of this insane piece of poetry. Uh, and it is poetry, hundred percent poetry. Oof. Yeah. And 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 throughout it, like every single line could have been a shout out for how great the rhymes are. Oh Because my gosh. they're dense. It's not just the, that the it's structures. full of this. Yeah. Structure's insane. Yeah, it really is. It's it's tight, and uh, and challenging. And he really pushed mm. himself, or, or maybe he didn't. Maybe he's just that good. But he pushed himself <laughs> with the rhyming at every at every at every point. He pushed himself. Everything rhymes basically. Mm. And um, and then everything is just packed, packed. And it doesn't repeat. It doesn't repeat anything. True. You know. Except look out, kid. Yeah, I, I just it. mean the like the rhyming. The rhyming doesn't. Oh, the rhyming. Yeah, no, he's. You know, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's. I mean, there's there's a few times where it specifically uses the same word three times, but yeah, um, it's really deliberate. It's not like, yeah, it's not. It's new. Each line is new. Is yeah. I think what I'm trying to say. Ah, it's marvelous. Really, mm. really marvelous. Well, but even visually, <laughs> just to look visually at you know. Like uh, any way, say many, say mm-hmm. they may. I mean, it, visually, it has. Uh, there's something to it with just the lettering. Uh, even maybe I'm I'm going a bit far on that, but yeah. No, I don't think you are because I mean, there's a reason why there are books printed, <laughs> like the one you have mm. in your hand. Like, mm. I, you know, they do they do put out books of of lyrics for people, but not all of them. Only a select few mm. get their mm. lyrics published in paperback or hardback mm. form. And Dylan was was getting his stuff published way back it's then. Definitely worthwhile. Definitely and, and, worthwhile. And so so he didn't have he didn't he wasn't unaware of how his stuff was going to look on the oh, printed page. Not. Like he was not. he was doing it like like one of those beat poets who used typography mm. and 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 ty- and spacing all the time. Like you look at a Ginsberg. Hey, I might do a, a little thing. Well, I've got some Ginsberg somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the um, the the thing about this particular um, anthology is 
that it's not exclusively song lyrics. It's writings and drawings. So there's um, there's even some like I think there's from memory there's some there's some like little plays in here, like little scenes. Um, I think I could be wrong about that. Um, and there's some yeah there's some little back of my the envelope library's, sketches. Oh look at that! My library's Great. coming to the party. I got my Alan Ginsberg. Yes. Who? What what's the connection with Ginsberg? Oh, they both wore great hats. <laughs> Ginsburg is the guy in the background of the video. Yeah. Ginsburg's standing in the alleyway. I don't know who the other guy is, um, but yeah. Ginsburg is that the, guy. Gin- it's got the cane, right? He's standing with a cane they, or no? They, they both got canes. It's really weird. Do they? They yeah, both yeah. got sticks. And when I think like, about the sticks thing, I think about, uh, uh, what's that phrase? Talk soft. And, talk soft. <laughs> nice. Talk soft and carry a big stick. Are you? Do you know yeah. that one? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so just, uh, just, just, just again, this is visual, but just the way yeah. people, the beat yes. poets used typography, like their yes. layout is kind of on the page. Yeah. Hugo's Hugo's showing uh, <laughs> Hugo's showing a poem where the lines move across the page mm. diagonally in a in a, ra- a sort of a waterfall. Yeah. Cascade. Uh, and so they weren't they 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 played with their type setting is mm. the word I'm looking for. So evidently yeah. Dylan's doing the same thing. Like you talk about how visually it looks on the page, mm. seeing those repeated letters which contribute to the rhyme, they are perfect rhymes. They're not they're oblique. They're mostly perfect, mm. which mm. normally is something I would advise people not to use. I don't like perfect rhymes in rap. Certainly, I don't like them yeah. in songs. But Dylan's making it work. He's making it work so well. So well, just because of the relentlessness of it, that's what yes. makes it work. That's the that's the technique, isn't it? And mm. it's not it's not it's not done in a simple. It's not because he's simple and juvenile. In mm. it, he's not he's not a newcomer. He's a master of the game. Yes, and he's very he's choosing to do it very specifically because of the effect. That's right. Mm. Well, uh, that's good. I'm glad we got. Uh, to discuss that as well, uh, the just the sheer technique on le- on display. <laughs> Do you let's let's wrap this up? Um, yeah, I'm wondering. I'm wondering, Ming. Hugo, we've been given this task by our shadowy overlords. I know it's really. Do, what do you reckon to this song? Are we a bit on the fence about this one? Do you think? What, what do you think about this one? <sighs> yeah, I might need to take a good 28 days, <laughs> just um, nurse it on the can for a while. <laughs> That's where I'm headed straight after. <laughs> um, I sorry, sorry. Just remind me briefly. What's our agenda? What's our task here, Hugo? Um, the agenda is: should these songs that we're discussing be preserved mm. forever? The lyrics of the lyrics of, based on the lyrics mm. alone, be preserved in a in an indestructible time capsule. Mm. Well, I would have to say personally, for me, it's a resounding yes. <laughs> Refuses to elaborate. Leaves. <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah. No, I, I, I think you know we've <laughs> we went pretty deep on on the analysis of these. Um, I think you know you you are very well placed to talk about. Um, the structure and, and the scheme, the rhyming scheme of the prose. I, I think, you know, there's there's a few maybe contemporary cultural references that you and I have both said that we're a little in the dark on, but nonetheless, what, what we have gleaned from it is uh, is deep as all hell. 
he he manages to say once I mean this this is a theme that comes up in um in in the previous songs that we have decided to keep in the diminishing space diminishing volume of the of the time capsule um which is ma- the mastery of the language as destructive as it can be is how they manage to incorporate so much thematically ideologically mythologically historically in s- when when they when these authors do it in such few words yeah i mean it's mind boggling to me mind boggling and and this is probably of of the of all the ones we've done thus far this is number one number one says the most with the utmost with the least just it i can't get over it yeah well i'm in complete agreement i i knew dylan is a titan already of lyricism and and i'm you know i am converted nowadays to his musicality and his vocals as well but just breaking this down line by line and trying to trying to trying to really understand the placement of it and seeing wow. the the fathomless depth that you can go to and i like the way that you said deep because that fits with the consistent visual that he keeps on coming back to he's so deliberate subterranean subterranean mm-hmm. um it's always taking us down. It's always this this descent down, further down. And you said deep as all hell, which I love even mm. more because yeah. there's an element of this which is describing hell on so many levels. <laughs> the hell that we've created for ourselves as humans. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's riotously laid out in extraordinary detail in two and a half minutes. Um, or two <laughs> minutes and 20, two minutes and 20 <laughs> seconds. It's nothing. It's mind-blowing. Um, yeah. I can't really say it any more than that. I agree completely. This one has to go in has to. To, the, yeah. to the time capsule. All right. Amazing. <laughs> I think we can leave it there. Um, what, do, what do you think out there, guys? Yeah, Girls? what do you think? Do you agree with this? Everyone where else? We, where did we go wrong? Uh, apart from uh, in the initial decision to tackle this song. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> And uh, yeah, if you if you're out there and you come across this, please leave a comment. Uh, maybe share share this one, share any of these ones that you see to someone who loves this song. Uh, maybe they will uh, be able to shed some more light on some of the stuff that we didn't that we didn't manage to encapsulate in seven hours. Mm. Um, and, Thirty uh, days. And, yeah, <laughs> and that that'll do it. Um, thanks so much for listening. Thanks, thanks to everyone. Our, thanks to our current sponsor. Um, if anyone wants to also support, uh, get in touch. And uh, also a little challenge. Uh, we've got a logo now, and now that we're actually streaming online. Um, if you can uh, guess or know which band or artist's logo each letter in our logo is from and write it down in a neat list somewhere online tagging <laughs> us, Lyrical Time Capsule, you get the opportunity of a lifetime, which is to add... <laughs> a song to the shadowy overlords shortlist for us to uh, analyze and we will bump it right up to the top of the shortlist and analyze it so jump at it this is not you know you're, yeah. you're in the you're in league you you will be in the echelons of the highest elites that have that have oh, set us man. on this task yeah i'm kind of jealous now yeah it's a hell of a prize hell of a prize <laughs> i wish i i wish i had a say in what we examined well you know that's that's tough <laughs> We don't have any say. 
whatsoever. We have to obey the elite's orders. We just we just do what we're told. Well, on that bombshell, <laughs> we're signing off. I've been Hugo. Uh, I continue to be Ming. <laughs> uh, and uh, cheerio and peace. Ciao and peace. Ciao. And I'm going to stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>